Hello, and welcome to the WIP12 podcast. I'm Jordan Brezer, uh, also known as Obiscus on ITS, and today I'm joined by Kyle Peach, also known as Thundersquid. Uh, Kyle hails from the Twin Cities area of Minnesota uh, and has been an avid player in the online community since uh, COVID started. Uh, welcome to the show, Kyle. All right, th- thanks for having me. So, so today Kyle and I are going to be talking about not so limited insertion lists or those lists that are at that 11 to 12 order count area. So they don't fit into one combat group, but they aren't pushing that 14, 15 order max. Uh, when we're talking about orders, we're talking about order generating models, not um, you know actual playable orders, obviously. Uh, you'll often see with 11 and 12, uh, as we'll get into, you know, tactical awareness and other ways of getting bonus orders. But before we get into that, uh, just we're going to spend some time getting to know Kyle a little bit better. So Kyle, can you introduce yourself to us? All right. As you were saying, I'm Kyle Peach, though I play under the name Thundersquid on TTS and Discord. So a lot of the online community would probably recognize that name more. I'm from the Twin Cities, Minnesota area, and I'm pretty involved in the local group there and probably have been off and on for maybe the past five to six years or so. Cool. And and what introduced you to Infinity? Actually, I first saw it just in a game store, saw some people playing and thought, this game looks cool. And well because it's infinity especially thought this terrain looks cool <laughs> yeah and then and then walked by took a look tried it out at some point and went from there yeah i, I definitely feel you on the terrain it's definitely one of those nice eye-catching things infinity can do in stores oh for sure so for sure so did you did you play any other games prior to infinity or were you new to miniature tabletop gaming i like to joke that i play every game though that's not actually true i started with warhammer fantasy several many many years ago and have since played quite a few other games and some of them i still do some of them i don't that's just how it goes and and what was it that made is it fair to say infinity would be your main game it's i definitely have a solid top two and infinity is definitely one of those okay so i guess first of all what's the other in the top two the other one interestingly is kings of war which i think is the complete opposite of infinity in a lot of ways okay kings of war is Kind of like Warhammer Fantasy, correct? Or old Warhammer Fantasy? Right. So it, 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 it's very popular among the old Warhammer Fantasy players because it's that fantasy, big units, that sort of thing. So the terrain is the opposite of Infinity terrain. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You, you play Infinity on a Flames, uh, a Kings of War table, and everyone immediately dies because everyone can see everything. It'd be a terrible game. So, so what is it about Infinity that uh, hooked you and made it so it was in that top two? 
Well, the models definitely grabbed my attention. Just aesthetically, that's a look I very much liked. But also, there are a lot of game mechanics in Infinity that I feel are very unique. I haven't seen an activation system similar to how like order pools work in any other game ever. And that's really a big part of like good play is... Mm-hmm spending your orders efficiently mm-hmm. well today we're talking all about orders so, uh, <laughs> right um, exactly uh I, I i get that that's that's kind of what dragged me into that and the uh the aro the you know away from the days of playing 40k or some other games where it's okay it's your turn i'll sit here and wait for you to finish doing stuff and just let me know when you need me to roll armor saves um sure so. absolutely that's very different from a lot of other games. So the how whole, long? Oh, oh go finish. Go this. ahead. Go ahead. I was I was just gonna ask how long have you been playing Infinity? I don't know exactly when I started. I know it was a little bit before HSN three. So I'm okay. guessing that'd be like 2015, 2016. Okay. So I think you started a little bit after me then, but but quite at this point, quite a while. It's crazy to think that uh, how long ago that that uh, that that happened, that came out. Yeah, I mean, it was an addition and a half ago, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, when you got in, or what what factions do you uh, do you play? So, I was initially drawn to the model look of assassins. Okay. Uh, Assassin Baram. But so I, that's definitely what I started with. But the playstyle didn't really connect with me. I dabbled in Vanilla Hawk because it was easy to expand from from there. That didn't really connect with me. And then Rama dropped. And Rama was like my favorite looking Hawk models in a playstyle that I thought was great. And I played that as my one and only army for from when it released through the end of N3. Okay. Then sometime around COVID, I decided, hey, I need a hobby project. I picked up Vanilla UJ. And started slowly building those. And with TTS, playing them more and more and more. And now I would say in N4, I have played significantly more games as Yuching than I have as Rama. Okay. I'm curious, what are those? You said your favorite looking Hawk models are in Rama. Which models particularly? The Mukhtar, well, we'll talk about the Mukhtar, but the Kaurij and Tariq mm-hmm. are a lot of my favorite uh, the Tuareg Sniper that now I use as a proxy for Layla because Tuareg Snipers aren't very good. Or, sorry, not Layla, um, Yara, because mm. prac- because Tuareg Snipers aren't very good. And I and, actually... And Yara, and Yara is very good. <laughs> Yara is very good. But the other one, I like the Mukhtar Doctor. The, uh, I know most people don't. The, the, the one doing the jazzercising. Yeah, yeah. It, it it it's very much to me. It looks like outside of the jazzercise. It, it kind of looks to me always like um, 
in an anime, someone gets punched back and they slide along the ground until they finally like stop. Uh, but I, I think it's it's not a bad model. The pose is really the only thing that I question. I'm not the biggest fan of that model for, but the otherwise, I think it's quite well done. I like to joke that it's the doctor and that doctor heals themselves out of NWI all the time. So what they're doing is they're shooting the ground with their medikit to bounce it back onto themselves. That's that's what they're doing. <laughs> they're just shooting it. <laughs> they're doing a bank shot. He's yeah, actually he's actually he's actually aiming for his foot, but they caught one of the times that he missed. That one in or what is it, three and 20 times that they miss, whatever the math comes out to? Whatever it is. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, they're BS 13, right? So, yeah. Oh, uh, well, with, when they heal themselves, they're on a 17 because it's Hawk. Oh, yeah, true, because they don't actually need to do the shot to hit. They're in base right. contact. <laughs> right. Oh, sorry, they're not med-kitting. So they're actually just doctoring. Yeah. Right. You see how much I yeah. doctor and or play Hawk. <laughs> um, so you've been doing Yu Jing. Are... There, well, I guess, the, why did you go into Yujing? What What was it that made it so when you were doing your hobby project, it was Yujing that you picked up? Uh, well, first of all, I like the look. I think it's kind of more so than Nomads, even, or Pano. Probably, like, the quintessential Infinity look of that sci-fi, mostly military, but a little bit weird anime. Mm-hmm. But then game-wise, to me, Rama is a, ver- is a very extreme sectorial with extreme strength and extreme weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I mean this in the best way possible. Vanilla Yujing is the vanilla-ist vanilla army. How so? I'm not, I'm not disputing. I'm just I'm curious what you mean by that. So, to me, the appeal of a vanilla army is that you have the most options and to me yujing is the faction arguably vanilla combined but yujing i think has every role in the game covered more than the other vanilla factions do that's i think that's fair other than impersonator which i'm chorus belly definitely throw give us a sweet yujing impersonator sure when when Crimson Stone gets released, reveal that the uh, <laughs> Dragon Lady is in fact actually a new Yujing impersonator. Sure, and give it to ISS too. Yes, give it to ISS. I love my ISS. Please give <laughs> it. Make more sense than the other two. It it would. I'm. It, it does. Yeah. The, the the royal court rather than the uh, the 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 party government armies. Um. So. You started Yujing as a hobby project. Are there any other factions that you're looking at getting into? So, at some point, I did pick up that Onyx 300-point box and a few other models in Onyx. Hmm. The problem was I tried to play that faction how like based around what came in the box. Which I don't think is actually a very good way of playing Onyx. So I might at some point revisit that and actually get the models I need to play the faction right. Like Kodali. You need to get Kodali? Is that it? Uh, the Unidron SWC box? Yeah. Yeah. Let me just Somehow I picked up 
a sphinx, but not the box with the Unidron plasma sniper. That, yeah, that sounds like you're missing an important part of what my understanding of Onyx is. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, just, I'm just pulling up the box so I can really understand. So <laughs> so you have the Rodox, which I, I, I like Rodox. I liked them more in N3. You have your three basic Unidrons. You've got a Fracta. You got the McCreep Sniper. And then you get two drones. So okay. yeah. So it's 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 a good starting point, but there's definitely a lot missing out of there, I think, that you're you're right that you need. I th- I think, you know, the Fracta and the McCreep are things that you might throw in every so often. The same with the rockets, a a Rodox. Um but yeah, there's definitely those Unidrons need their heavy weapons. Right. The core of the army is missing. The Imatron, Icadron, like you said, the ro- the Unidrons. Well, more actually, remotes. Since, since you're playing Yujing, it seems like the perfect thing that you need to pick up is the Betrayal character box to get your Yujing characters, but also Norkius and uh, Kodali for Onyx. To look at what's in that. You get Kodali, you get Norkius, you get Crane Armor, uh, Adil Mamut. Oh, and then then the engineer guy. And then the engineer guy, yeah. Okay, okay. It's it's, it's a nice box. Uh, I'm a big fan of Crane Armor, Adil, and also Kodali and Norkius. The combined army half of that betrayal box is definitely the side that would win if you actually had to go into a fight, but... uh... I think two of the best models probably in Onyx are in that box. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Having seen Norkius plenty of times now, and he is quite disgusting. Um, For so sure. Yeah. So, so, so that's your, your next step after Yujing is uh, start trying to figure out that Onyx. Probably, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, with that... Why don't we get into, I guess, the meat of why we're here and talk about these 11 to 12 order lists. Um, so this was an idea you came up with to talk about, and I think it's a good one. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you explain what a 11 or 12 order list looked like. Make, make, you know, make sure us and the audience are all on the same page on what we're talking about here. Sure. So... As you mentioned at the beginning, this is 11 and 12 order lists. And what we're doing with all of these lists, so just assume going forward for the rest of the episode that there are 10 models in group one. And then one or two in group two. So So what what you're saying is you'd never do a six and six list. I wouldn't say never, but no. And and why 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 would you shy away from that? I think that one of the strengths of this type of build and what makes it work is that what you end up playing very close to a single combat group style. Most of the stuff you're doing is in that group one with ten orders, mm-hmm. and all the stuff you want to power with orders has those orders. Whereas six and six, it's a split where it's very easy for 
your hack tau to have its own orders and your two lieutenant orders and maybe another order mm -hmm. and that's not a situation you want to be in I, I agree i find with six and six you end up having two groups where the piece in each group that wants to do something doesn't quite have enough orders to do what they want um so i i would agree that it would probably it, it's best to do the 10 in one or 10 in two Correct. And honestly, I think one of the strengths of these lists is that the piece not having the orders it wants to is also an issue with an 8-7 split, mm -hmm. which we're seeing all the time these days. But maybe your big gun only has three or four orders, even though you still have seven or eight orders on the table. Mm -hmm. No, and that makes sense. So... What would make you want to? What would make you build a eleven or twelve order list? What, I guess, more detailed on what these would end up looking like, outside of the ten and two split or ten and one split. So I think the important thing for what it looks like is just to ask what is the group two doing. Now, the simplest version of that is the group two doesn't start the game on the table. Maybe I have 10 orders in group one or 10 models in group one, I should say, because they'll have more than 10 orders, I promise. And then group two is a ninja or a tiger soldier or maybe even both. And then I can play with my 10 order list and have all of that efficiency of that you get out of playing a single combat group and then turn two or three when I need it, I just spend a command token, move the tiger soldier over, and drop it in. Because inevitably something has died. Because inevitably something has died. I, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I know, you know, in N3, you, you might not want to have done that because, you know, you're giving away that you have something off the table because your opponent knows you're playing two combat groups. But nowadays, with the advent of you know the 15-order cap, a lot of the times you look at someone's list, see 14 orders, and you, you, you know, it's a lot more easy. It's a lot more common for people to be like, oh, you have 14 guys. Okay, sweet. Uh, so you have hidden deployment knocked for, or okay, so you must have a parachutist. Uh, <laughs> you're, you know, oh, yep, that confirms Van Zant is here. I don't even really need to do the points too much because 14 that seems a suspicious number. For sure. And the other big change was not a, well, it was an ITS rule change where for mo most of N3, right up until the end, there was that rule where you couldn't spend a command token to take orders away from a single combat group. Mm -hmm. But now that that's gone, there isn't a lot of incentive to only have one group. Exactly. And it's interesting you said that. That's one of the points, arguments in some ways I make for why I like that that's gone um, and advocate for it staying gone. Because if you bring back the, you know, stripping orders or not, uh, you know, stripping order protection for single combat group lists, then I find even more so all the lists you make end up being... 10 orders or 14 or 15 because you know as we'll get into it, these 11 and 12 order lists 
the benefit of those extra one or two guys isn't usually, you know, worth it if you cut them and you can get protection from the strip. Right. And I don't even think it's an opinion. That's what we were seeing at the end of N3. You either had 10 or you had 15 or more. Yes. And, and no one and was really in the middle more. ground. Really, usually it was the, more. Really, even by the end of th- N3, there wasn't that many 10. But, but yes, it's, it, it is very much the case. So let's fingers crossed that this episode doesn't become uh, completely pointless when they – and they bring it back. So you said the first and most obvious option is they aren't on the table for the second group. What what else could how else could it look like? Or how else could it look so like? another another way it looks is using a concept I heard on I honestly don't remember who said it or on what podcast, but they talked about a crumple zone in your list where you have specific models that you are intending to lose on your opponent's first turn, probably. Mm -hmm. Because this is Infinity, your stuff will die on your opponent's turn, but if you can control what's going to die on their turn, then what you can do is make it so that on you are losing models that are in your second combat group, ideally. So even if you lose that entire second combat group before you get a turn... Great. You still have your whole 10-order group plus whatever cheater orders you have ready to go. You wasted their orders to take out orders that you essentially act like they're already gone from the beginning. For sure. Uh, This is a similar concept to what I've seen a lot of Varuna or Hassassin Baram lists do, where I've seen some Varuna lists where group 2 is just 3 helots. Mm -hmm. Or with assassins five day Lamy in group two and it's a similar concept to that where you can lose those models and you weren't going to use them for much anyway they're only there to die things you don't plan on moving ever right now the downside with that style is that there's n- no model in Infinity that's really purely a reactive piece, right? Everything, there's going to be some corner case where you want to use it in the active turn. And if you set up this way, you probably... Well, you definitely don't have a lot of orders to spend on it because you only have one or two. That's fair. Um, although I would say that... Most of the times, those edge cases where you want to use it is a opportunity case, and usually it only takes one or two orders. I'd say, you know, that oh, you know, there's a guy that got kind of close, but is suppressing and pinning down my group. Ah, my Delami still has that shotgun and can, you know, move an order and then just try and break it out of suppression. So, sure, sure, I, I could see that. That's a good point. That's a good point. So. I know I've had, in a, because of the lack of the stripping, I know I've had a number of lists where I get to the end, I'm at like 10-ish guys, and I have a few points left, and I think, well, I could change, upgrade some guys, but sometimes, you know, sometimes upgrading guys with more points ends up making them not do what you want, because that cheaper profile has some secondary gear or something that you actually want, 
And then you just say, well, I guess group two is a war corps who will sit there and do war corps things. <laughs> Absolutely. That was exactly something I wanted to talk about that relates back to what we were talking about earlier. If you have your single combat group list that you like, and you're at, you know, 396, 397, in N3, you didn't want to take a war corps because of the reasons we talked about. But in N4, there's no reason not to. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is there any other, I guess, so, so we have the, the hidden off the board group, second group. We have the roadblock crumple zone uh, second group. Is there any other types of second groups that you can think of? Yeah. So the third one I would do is if there's more is more of like support pieces where it's some, it's a piece you're going to be using in your active turn, but it only needs one or two orders. I'm thinking things like an Evo hacker, maybe a monk that's just going to throw a smoke grenade for your Xi'an, um, or maybe a doctor or engineer that's, we'll say an engineer that's just going to sit in group two and it's got a servant bot on a rooftop prone, you know, three inches from a TR bot, where mm -hmm. maybe you need to spend one order on it to fix the TR bot, but that's mm -hmm. all you want to do with it. Yeah, and that, I think that that makes sense. Um, I, I will get to lists, some example lists later, but I, I know the Evo bot in the second group is... A common one for me because you know it's something that doesn't need a lot of orders but still needs an order so you don't want it stripping orders from your 10 order pool right you don't want it you don't want to take one of those precious 10 orders from the main group so you know you have it by itself and you throw up control jumper you throw up fairy dust um, whatever it is you bring it for right one other thing I know I've done in that type, I, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. I'll sometimes put, if I just have a TR bot, I'll sometimes throw a TR bot and like one other model in that group. Um, because at least for the first turn, I find I very rarely move a TR bot, especially if I'm going second. And then if you want to move it out turn two, you probably have the slot to spend the command token to flip it into group one. That, that, that's the idea, yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of these plans, in some ways, you'll hear us make, uh, are based on the assumption that you've had someone die in the, uh, the first order group. Um, but it's infinity, so hopefully they didn't just go unconscious. But things, as we all know, things die in infinity. Right, right. I'm also going to say, if your entire first combat group is still up and on the table, you probably don't need to bring that Tiger Soldier on or reveal yeah. that monk, that ninja. You're doing well enough. Now, mm -hmm. regarding your TR bot point, I actually really like that. Usually I have avoided it because, well, no piece in Infinity is fully reactive and the TR bot is something you usually run around shooting with. But you're right, you don't usually do that turn one. Or at least I don't either, come to think of it. It's usually a later game play. Yeah, for, for me, I never like using the TR bot as... If I can avoid it, and if I'm not playing combined. Because 
the the Q drone's another thing altogether because it changes everything. Mimetism makes mm-hmm. it a much better gunfighter. <laughs> um, but for me, because the TR bot's main role is reactive, I like to avoid giving it chances to die in my turn, essentially, because. Its job is to be annoying in my opponent's turn. It can shoot in my turn, but its main job is to be annoying in my opponent's turn. And I've had too many times where if I activated it in my turn, it dies much faster. Well, absolutely. And you're trying to put something in your opponent's way as like a hurdle for them to get over to do what they want to do. But if you run off and get crit in your turn, then you just dealt with that hurdle for them. Exactly. Okay, so is that, I guess those are the three types of group twos that we're going to be talking about, the types of 12-order lists. So we have the off-board group two, we have the the crumple or buffer zone group two, and we have the you know support minimal ex- order expenditure group two. Right. Okay. So I guess, what do you see as the strengths to play of, a, of an 11 or 12 order list. So because this runs very, because these lists play very similarly to a single combat group list, I think a lot of the s- strengths are going to be similar. So you can end up with a very elite list. Um, it's not, it's not one of the ones we're going to talk about, but I actually, for the current IGL, one of my lists has both a Hacktow and a Yanhuo in it. Okay. Which which right? now? The HRMC. Very good choice. It's ridiculous. So you can get a very elite list where, you know, all of your models, or maybe not all, but a lot of your models are quite expensive. Mm-hmm. But one thing with a single combat group is that you only get 10 tools to use Mm. and in this case you get maybe 11 or 12 and then because you're not trying to making a point to fill out to 15 you're probably not looking to add models that are just there to be in order Mm -hmm. right we're not we're not going to be talking about kuang shi today we're not going to be talking about flash pulse bots all our models are very actively doing something so all 10 or, or 11 or 12 models in this list is going to be a tool that has a very clear role in your list. And because of that, I think this is actually the way to get the most variety out of your army, to get so, the most range of stuff on the table. So you, you get the eliteness of a limited insertion list or a, ten order, a single combat group list, but you still get a couple backup guys to keep you up at that higher order count, essentially. Right. And especially if there's an AD troop, if you're playing a single combat group with a model off the table, you're playing down in order until they show up. Mm -hmm. And that can hurt. Yeah, for sure. Although I I, I do have to say, uh, Kuang Shi do plenty of things other than generate orders. Uh, so, so I think I we're think not it's talking a about the difference. We're, we're I not, think it's a place. Go ahead. I, I was gonna say we're not gonna talk about them in this episode because 
they're too cheap to fit into an 11 and 12 order list but uh, um okay that's fair i actually don't get a lot of use out of them when i use them and that's probably part of why i like this style rather than using them that makes sense. because for me they do just sit back and not do anything Okay. I, and I will say, they do sit around longer than most <laughs> warbands because they're regular orders. Uh, also right. not warbands, but uh, it also might be me being biased having played them primarily when I was in N3, in which case they always were running up because I wasn't going to slow them down. Um, but I, I, not. they definitely will sit around more now. So, so yeah, so the main strengths we're saying of the 11-12 order lists are essentially all the benefits of a limited insertion list, that more elite, you can bring more of those expensive guys, um, often more survivable guys. Um, For sure. But you get a little bit of extra wiggle room and that extra efficiency of having, you know, an extra order to flip into the group when someone goes down or, you know, you can keep that hidden guy not taking up a slot in your group until you need him. Right. Okay. So those are the strengths. What would you say are the weaknesses? So again, the big one is going to feel similar to the single combat group where I know it's a very tried and used phrase, but Every loss hurts unless you're doing that style we talked about where your group two is just there to take arrows and die. Then mm -hmm. whenever you lose a model, you're losing an order for the rest of the game and you only have 10 plus whatever you're cheating with. Now, but also... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, now, in my experience... Um, losses that happen in that second group generally don't feel as bad. The, the every loss really hurts is more of from the primary group. Oh, yes, yes. That's very true. You're, I was assuming the primary group, but that's a good point. If you lose your Evo hacker, it's not that big of a deal order-wise, but you are down a tool. And because every model in this army is one of the tools you're using to lose the game, there's no, I'm going to say Quangxi and Flashpulse spots again, but there's no time where your opponent just spent an order to kill a Flashpulse spot and you don't really care. Mm -hmm. that's, that's fair. Every loss means something. Right. Now, another weakness that isn't true with the single a true single combat group is there's an added command point strain because mm. especially with that style of the offboard model where if you have a hidden deployment troop and an airborne deployment troop as your group two you're playing down two command points because you mm. are going to spend them or command tokens, excuse me, I'm using 40k language. Mm -hmm. No, You're playing it, down... And yeah. even what you were talking about with the TR bot moving into group 1, you kind of have to hold that command token in reserve in case you want to 
move the TR bot over. Mm-hmm. So, so essentially, you're you're writing one off at the beginning. I know we'll get to lists. Um, when I've built in a lot of lists like this, uh, those lieutenants that have that bonus command token definitely always look a lot more appealing. Or, you know, if you're getting real fancy, uh, having Stratagos level two to just get to move the guy for free. For sure, that could be very useful in this style of list, and you probably have the points for it. They are usually quite expensive. I guess quickly backtracking to the every loss hurts. So it's definitely a weakness of the 11 or 12 order list. However, I'd say that it is less of a weakness here than if you were playing a straight limited insertion list or single group list. Yes, that's probably true. Because as a straight limited insertion, still every piece is a tool to win the game. But also it's going to be even harder to replace those orders in your main pool mm-hmm. as you take losses because, well, it's completely impossible with a single combat group. Mm-hmm. I, I guess so that one, is a good point. I guess another concern to keep an eye out for uh, if you're running these lists and if you're running the you know hidden deploy, hidden guys list um, or variant of it, you need to be wary to some extent of you know, you're spending more points on your individual models, so they're more survivable. But sometimes that means they're more likely to not actually die and instead just be left unconscious. Um, in which case, and I've had this happen before, where you know that nice durability of a near limited insertion list is good, but then I lose a couple guys, but they're all unconscious. In which case, either you don't can't move the guy from second group that you wanted to drop in, or now you're spending two command tokens. One to bump the unconscious guy to the second group, and then one to bring the the hidden guy back in. So that is absolutely true, and it happens all the time with Longya. All oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Because remotes, yeah. remotes are particularly uh, uh, right? bad, bad for that, because they have all those levels of unconsciousness. Yeah. So I guess I guess maybe you know when you're working out your list maybe you try and you know make sure to work in some guys with NWI or Dogged who are either alive or they're dead. There's no there's no middle zone. Right. That's I would absolutely agree that that's worth doing. I wouldn't maybe wouldn't focus too strongly on it, but it's something worth considering if you're planning on moving something into group 1. So, are there any factions that you think particularly thrive in this 11 and 12 order environment? Sure. So, we've talked a lot about durability and making sure that your 10 models in your main group are durable. And we know the durability in Infinity comes in a few forms. I think the two biggest ones are marker states and multiple wounds. And some factions do those things better than others. Mm -hmm. They're 
the another big one that we've hinted at but not really gone into it is being able to cheat the order system mm. right i think does do all of my example lists have a dallying in an nco or just most of them i'm not sure but the, all your example lists are vanilla yujing so i expect they all include a dallying and an nco two, two out of three include a dallying nco um <laughs> one of them has an active lieutenant but mm. that's another thing that again you even mentioned like that's just normal in vanilla yujing but it also means hey my single combat group that's not a 10 order group that's a 12 order group mm -hmm. so that helps a lot in that regard if you can get extra orders out of that first group and that could be in any form right nco is e is an easy one for yujing but there's also tactical awareness which is also uh, easy for yujing <laughs> which is also easy for you, Jing. <laughs> but there's... I have less experience with this because it's less of a you, Jing thing, but Impetuous could work too. Mm -hmm. If you're leveraging Impetuous to get more use out of your first group. Yes, that, that's... It, it definitely makes the people more vulnerable. Uh, Impetuous is something I've, I've used a lot of. It usually makes them more vulnerable. Uh, definitely usually makes them cheaper. Um, but it is, <laughs> it is definitely a tool that can help fill out that order group um i think uh on top of you know vanilla factions can do it well um obviously i'd say that the you know the avatar list a combined army avatar <laughs> list uh could very easily go from being a single combat group avatar list to you know filling out a couple things in that second group right um Ordali. With Kodali, or honestly, maybe you just keep your Imatrons, your your drop, your your four point extra orders, just chuck chuck them into the second group, and when you need them, flip them into the first group. Um, I actually like that quite a bit. Though and, again, oh, you're playing command tokens, but it doesn't matter because the you get plus one for the well avatar, so, don't you? Well, no. So Avatar gets plus one lieutenant order, but Avatar has Stratagos 2, which means he can put oh, one into the first God. group for free each turn. Oh, that's so good. Do that. So um, in, in many ways, I, I, I think the factions that excel at single combat group lists will excel here. Um, and I think it sure. I think it very much depends on the, the variance, right? The just bring a war core that very much those types of lists are often the those expensive you know military orders where maybe you're only hitting 10 orders but you happen to have an extra eight points which you know you already took your flashball spots you don't really need another baggage bot or something you have eight points cool throw a war core and a tech b into the second group right uh, sure. absolutely i think other armies that would probably that do this well are things like toha where you can build a very efficient first solid 10 order group where you have using triads and different ways to be efficient with your orders, if not taking advantage of things like tactical awareness and NCO as much. Um, but just, you know, you only have 10 orders, but at least you can be efficient with them. 
uh, ha maybe even have counterintelligence in there, so you only get stripped one. And then sure. having, you know, a Nakul sniper or something in the second group, something that you uh, don't. Uh, Nakul sniper is the uh, sapper sniper that the sapper, has, right? right? Yeah. So it's it's not intending to move. Uh, unless your opponent leaves something staring at it, it's probably not going to really activate on its own. But, um, and I did this in uh, recent, in my Dogfinity tournament, I had my, I wasn't doing 11 or 12 order groups, but I always had the Nakul in a second group or a smaller group, and it would, it could just as easily have just been in a one or two order group um, doing its own thing there. Um, Yujing, I think we say is good. I think, you know, similar to military orders, those heavy infantry things, I think Invincible Army can excel at this 11 or 12 order group. Um, Absolutely. You, know, they could. you can really invest in those scary heavy infantry and things in that first half. And then, you know, keep a Lu Jing in your pocket. Sure. Uh, and and if you want to be a bit trickier, maybe you keep a Lu Jing and an Evo bot in the second group. Makes your opponent think, okay, there's an e the, the second group's around just for that Evo bot who's going to be putting up, you know, fairy dust or something. Or maybe maybe buffing like a Rushi or a remote. And then or... they aren't expecting the drop troop because there's no gap in the first group and you're just kind of waiting for someone to die there. And then you've got an Evo bot for control jump if you need it. Exactly. And the nice thing, in that, I guess, in that case would be the Lu Jing, even if he doesn't switch groups, he can still drop in an attack because him dropping in is an attack. <laughs> I'd still want orders on him afterwards, but I, I like the idea. Yeah, I, I, ideally you would, but you know, for some reason the rest of your army, it's turn three, the rest of your army is miraculously all still alive. You can still cheekily drop him. And, you know, maybe the Evo bot through... Uh, got activated in your opponent's turn and was able to support jump as an ARO, and then he has one order after he lands. <laughs> sure. If your whole army, again, if your whole army's alive, you probably don't need the Yujang. Exactly. Or the Lu Chang. It's, it's just the salt, oh. it's the salt in the wound on your opponent. <laughs> it's the, I've, been, I've crushed you so badly, but also that guy hiding at the back, missile from space. Exactly. Now... I think it's interesting because I mentioned playing a lot of Rama too. I mm -hmm. don't think Rama is well suited to this style. I think it's very dependent on that light infantry core. Mm -hmm. And sure, you can cheat other models in it, but it's still got some pretty strong weak spots. I think the defense of Rama often comes from three flash bots. Because it's not a faction that like puts up a hard defense. It just makes you waste orders on cheap models. Mm -hmm. And especially Rama's really bad at order shenanigans. Mm. I think the only examples of tactical awareness are the tags. Um, I think the only impetuous model is Carmen. And unless you're doing Tariq and an NCO, you're only getting one lieutenant order off your NCO. So while there are very good things in Rama to put in group two, especially maybe you're playing that heavy infantry core that's pretty underrated and want fairy dust because it's vulnerable to hacking, or 
the Nahab or Tuareg are both very strong off-board pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite suited to this style just because it's a little bit too fragile. The list building doesn't quite work out that you only want a 10-order list with it or 10-model plus yeah, with I, I it. Can, I can see that. Uh, I think you know they did get a bit of a nice... They do have a couple nice NCO options. One of them, of which is, I guess, is expensive. But uh, yeah, I, I could I could see that they have a harder time with it. Um, you know, if you if you want to do the Janissaries, maybe you go somewhere else. Sure. And the main NCO that everyone takes is that like fifteen or sixteen point Gulam with smoke. But again, then you're running a light infantry core. That's true, although N4 did give that very nice uh, MSV2 Mark 12 Quarige, right? That's true. That's true. So that'd be maybe the way I'd look to do it is have like that Quarige team, uh, Duo or Haris of another premium model, whether it's Jayadan, Mukhtar, or Janissaries. Mm-hmm. And then four to five solo pieces, maybe Tariq if there's points, definitely Carmen because Carmen is amazing mm-hmm. and amazingly order efficient. And then... And she's dogged, so she'll likely die. And if you need to switch something into the first group, boom, she's dead. Yeah, if you need to switch that Nahab or Tuareg that you're definitely putting in group two. Exactly. So... Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they're the best at it, but I think they can definitely make it work. I think I think Ariadna has a much harder time doing this. And by, when I say Ariadna, I mean all of the Ariadnas. All of the Ariadnas. Well, yeah, Ariadna just doesn't want to only deploy 10 models on the table unless it's 10. Well, unless those 10 models are 20 camo tokens, maybe you could pull it off. I... That is true. I have made all camo lists that end up being uh, like 11 or 12. Um, but yeah, I, I think the bigger thing is Ariadna generally lacks the durability. Even even in some of their more expensive things, they lack the durability I find is necessary to make an 11 or 12 order list uh, work. Um, you know, they don't They don't have any... Even if you play the camo game, it's all going to be single wound camo, right? No, they don't have any sure. of the two wound camo. Um, and I, th- I think you can run into some problems there. Cosmo might be able to make it work because uh, they have a number of much more expensive things. You have things like the Vocalox. You have things like Margot and Duroc. Um, so... Well- that's what I want to do as Ariadna for this, is just have group two be Margot and Durak. It's uh the the downside scary. of that being that you can't do it turn one. Yes, you can't tur- now although turn one Margot and Durak against a good opponent usually isn't as effective. because uh, they're expecting Margot and Durak, because you kind of now if you're playing Ariadna, Cosmo, or Merovingians, you have to go in expecting Margo and Duroc, because if you don't respect the threat of Margo and Duroc, you're going to have a bad day. True. That's true. Um, although I have had a number of people now um, 
instead of having Margot and Durok have two paratroopers that total similar ish points to Margot and Durok, enough that the camo markers hide whether it is, and you think you have Margot and Durok, and it's just a couple paracommandos, but um, sure, so scary. Now, that's also maybe a similar reason to pivot to a totally different faction. I would maybe shy away from doing this with something like JSA. Because in theory, mm -hmm. you could put 10 heavy infantry on the table and also have a ninja or two. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't actually know the points, but I assume it works out because those heavy infantry are so cheap. The problem is, I often see in JSA... Tur the turn one attack might be a ninja or at mm -hmm. least you need that option open and this doesn't really let you do it yeah not having the option for shinobu to go and wreck face turn one is uh can be can be can be problematic um and it's unlike some lists where you know if you do a nine six and you realize your piece in group two needs all nine of the orders from group one in their first turn you can just switch it over. You can't really do that leaving a gap um, to con switch for convenience in this because then what? You have a nine order group and a two order or two to three order group that most of the time won't use any of use the orders really. So no, um, no, yeah. it's no good. I can see that being an issue. Um, so I get. I think we've really covered what what this is. We're talking about why people might consider it. So I thought we might just walk through some examples. You provided a few examples, um, uh, all of which are using. I have O12 example we can go through as well. Um, just kind of giving an idea of what these different types of lists that we were talking about look like. Sure. Yeah. So the first one I wanted to talk about, the one that really put me onto this style was one of the lists I ran for our Human Edge event. And for anyone who's not familiar, this was a an online team tournament that mm -hmm. I won't go too much into the details of how the team aspect worked, other than that I had to build two lists that could handle 10 missions, which is not how we usually play Infinity. No. So this list was built to handle every variation of zone control, and also a lot of kill missions, and also looting and sabotaging. That is a lot. And then I had another list for the objective room missions that we won't go into. So this list also was one of my games against, I don't remember if it was vanilla LF or OSS, I think it was vanilla because he had Myrmidons. It was vanilla. It was actually streamed, so it's on um, Rob Cantrell's YouTube channel. There's a game with me playing this list. Okay. Uh, so this list consists of a Daoying, Lieutenant with plus one order, a Moang NCO Spitfire, a Daofei Spitfire, two Guilong, one forward observer, one mine layer. Mm -hmm. Two Longya, both mine layers. A Celestial Guard hacker. Chishuang, the 21-point mad trap flamethrower forward observer guy. Yeah, the, uh, the Dire Foes character. Right. 
the Dire Foes character. A Crackout with Double Chain Rifle. Okay. And then group two is... So that's that's all group one. Mm-hmm. And then group two is a Luching Multi-Rifle Specialist with D-Charges. Okay. So what I'm seeing is the first group, I'm seeing a lot of camo. We're seeing one... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine camo markers, all but one of which start outside your deployment zone. Yes so, and no. <laughs> can start outside your deployment zone. So one interesting caveat on that: the Luja or the Guilong mine layer. Oh yeah, you don't ever use the mine. Right. Or rarely use the mine. repeater. Yes. Uh, the second one is, I don't remember if Firefight was in here or not, mm-hmm. but the mines from the Longya can actually double as decoy lieutenants. Yes. Uh, that That is a good point. And the nice thing about the Longya mines is they're actually scary to things outside of, like, even heavy infantry are afraid of them because they're AP. Because um, they're AP mines. And your opponent knows that they're AP mines if they know what a long yaw is, because the silhouette three camo kind of gives away what a long yaw is. Right. So you have you have a bit of subterfuge. You have some heavy hitters in group one. Uh, you have that plus one order lieutenant and the Mo Wang to take advantage of it with NCO. And then on top of that, the second group is someone dies in group one. You have that. Uh, Crackpots and Doggett, I can't remember. Um, Not automatically. It's one of the things that can roll on metachemistry. But either way, you have a couple things and there might die. Gwilangs are known for dying. Um, and then when time comes, you can just drop in or walk in that Lujing, which is another very efficient piece. It's sturdy, it's a specialist, has D charges for classifieds. Or again, this list was for looting and sabotaging. That was the main reason I picked this one, the the Luching over a Tiger Soldier, actually, was the D-charges for the list of scenarios. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, it is a, I always find uh, the choice in Vinla can be tricky between the Luching and the Tiger. Luching, obviously, is uh, much more durable with uh, the two wounds, uh, but attackable. Um, and then the the tiger has the mimetism, so the six-two movement is also quite relevant a lot of the time. It is that is that is true. Uh, luckily, the tiger is not four-two anymore because uh, that was bad. Um, that was uh... the nice thing is also losing is much more reliable for sticking the landing, especially in the list like this where you don't have an evo to support it. Correct. Okay, so I see. So, you know, you have your Dao Fei, I guess, is your primary method of breaking the console, the AC two, or the Dao Fei or the Krakot, both of who can do it. And then you have the backup in the Lu Xing. Right. So any of those three can do it. Mm-hmm. It's also, I three out of four times I actually played this list were Quadrant Control, Safe Area, and what's the other one? Supremacy. Okay. So in that one, the relevant thing is, if you look at that Dalfe and Moang, those are both expensive pieces hanging out in the middle of the table that are also very durable. Mm-hmm. 
and the Dao Fei, especially if you haven't revealed it yet, your opponent doesn't know if it's a Guilang or a Dao Fei or what it is under that camel marker. And the difference in cost when they're trying to figure it out can be quite a bit. And I guess if for something like Supremacy, if you're going second, where it's score to end of turn, you know, even if you haven't moved the Lu Jing over yet, being able to just walk on that 35 points into a zone can be quite handy. For sure. That'll happen sometimes too, where yeah. maybe, or even just at the end of the game, if you didn't need it, other than to be 35 points in the zone, there it is. Didn't even need to spend the command token. No. And that's the nice thing that, you know, it can maybe even walk in. So if you're doing it that way, it can possibly even walk in somewhere where it takes a shot and still survive because it has the uh, effectively two wounds. It's NWI, I believe. Uh, yes, it's NWI, but at that point, it's effectively two wounds. You're right. Okay. So I guess, is there anything else you want to say about this list? I think we covered most of it other than just showcasing there's that durability coming not just from those two very tough heavy infantry models, but also I think it this list, if I count, deploys four actual models on the table at the start of the game. Yeah. And everything else is just camo. Yep, four and models. That really limits the opponent's ability to actually come kill you if they go first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. It, it reminds me of some of my white banner lists, but uh, jealous of mm -hmm. the NCO and the bonus orders. Because uh, that's something white banner, definitely. I, I guess talk, white banner is definitely one that I think would suffer an 11 or 12 order list just because it doesn't have any of the uh, real order efficiency. It has tack aware a bit, but. Um, yeah, it can, it, can, right. it can be a bit tougher for it. Okay, so I right. guess moving on to another example, similar idea list, and actually this is a list I built for uh, Road to Rose City Raid, which is a three-round online tournament that's happening um, in advance of the Rose City Raid, playing with their train rules. Uh, and it was also built for looting and sabotage. Um, Ooh. It was an O12 list. So... The first group, uh, and it, it has the Alpha Lieutenant. Um, so here you have some order efficiency. You have the Strategos. So his order, his Lieutenant order can be used by anyone in the t in the group. Uh, additionally, he has that plus one command token we were talking about before. So that means that if I have to switch someone into the sec into the first group, I can. Following that, I have Andromeda with the bonus to infiltration because if you go first and you have Andromeda and looting and sabotage and she sticks her role, uh, it's pretty easy for her to, from eight inches away, strap D charges to the console. Oh, boy. Uh, got the Omega HMG just to be an annoying thing to shoot against because uh, two wound heavy infantry with mim minus six is always scary. Uh, got three Varangian, which they're kind of cheaper order fillers normally, um, but they're also very just just very useful as smoke throwers and um, just dist sure. distraction uh, and defense pieces for defending your own AC2. Have a gangbuster mine layer again, putting out some glue um, and some defense with the light riot stopper. Got a gangbuster killer hacker just to defend against hackers. Got a serious team hacker again. 
uh, just trying to slow people from getting to your zone. And then rounding out that group is Cuervo Goldstein. Um, so this looks a bit different than yours because I have a model that starts off the board in the first group. In this case, Cuervo Goldstein, who is uh, very also adept at breaking the console. He has both high martial arts, a DA close combat weapon, but he also has D charges. Um, and then the second group, we have an Evo Hacker because Evo Hacker is really in this list to do one thing either is really support jump for Cuervo so he can land on a 16 ideally um, as a backup he can it can also throw out uh, fairy dust for the Omega just to provide a bit of sure. defense and then the final thing that we have in group two is a razor hacker um, partially to be a hidden deployment hacker to slow down something if someone's running say a tag at your uh, console but also because it's a infiltrating model that's hidden that has D charges. So it can just start on yeah. the midway line, wait until I've exhausted every other uh, approach to destroy. You know, Andromeda's died, the uh, Cuervo died or failed his jump. I'm not going to run the Alpha up to hit it. That's the very last ditch effort because the Alpha also has uh, <laughs> DA close combat. Um, but once those are exhausted, you know, Alpha, sw you switch the Razor into group one. Because in that case, someone's probably died. Cuervo has NWI, so if he's gone down, it means he's off the board. Uh, Brangian are all dogged, so if they go down, they're off the board. Um, right. Razor jumps in and then just spends its one order, moves, moves, eight. Next order, moves four into cons into base and just places the D charge. Um, it's something that you can do in N4 easier now because you don't need to roll the CC attack with D charges. You can just choose to place them on the console. Um so, right. So that was the idea of that, and actually, my this game, the game I played, uh, is also up on the internet at my YouTube channel, um, and you can see, if you if you want to see how it goes, uh, you can see it. It it's pretty much worked out the exact way we were talking about. You know, you have that ten orders to fuel the different things to try and do it, and then the final last ditch effort of that hidden troop that you've been having in your pocket in that second group. Sure. I think I'm seeing a lot of the stuff we talked about here, right? The Alpha's got that Stratagos and the extra command token. Uh, the Varangians will die, but I also think the list is kind of... It's got tools to slow the opponent down between the Mad Traps and the Serious Bot. Mm -hmm. Now... I'm curious, are you often, or are you kind of planning on just dropping Cuervo turn one? So my plan with this list would be ideally Andromeda takes care of it turn one. Um, otherwise, I wouldn't necessarily drop Cuervo turn one unless there's an opportunity to kill it. Uh, Looting and Sabotage sure. is an interesting mission where if you destroy the enemy console, if you fully destroy the AC2, the worst you can do is a two tournament point loss. So right. fully destroying it's a big deal. So if you have a chance for him to do it, I would. Um, more likely if, let's say Andromeda dies or fails her thing and doesn't get to go for it. Um, if she fails her thing, I'd try and get her up there if I could um, because I'd still prefer to um 
use up the pieces that are visible and targetable first. Uh, the nice thing about this is two of my pieces for destroying the console aren't targetable really until I choose to use them. Um, one problem you you can see in looting and sabotage sometimes is um, the opponent, rather than immediately going for your console, just picks off whatever you have with anti-material. Um, so that's what I do. So sometimes the Omega just goes on a shooting spree, I'd say, and just tries to clear the space for Cuervo's landing um, because he's a very good gunfighter. Um, right. Yeah, so there's kind of the beginning of the list. You have stuff that is helping destroy it, and then you have that Gangbusters, Varangians, Sirius team to help defend the console. Um, one weakness I learned in my game of this list is it can defend the console very well until you're playing Cosmoflot that has bears who ignore both the hacking and the glue. Ah. Um, so. Uh, Good point. Good point. Uh, but at the same time, there's there's not too much you can really uh, do to defend against the bear. You just need to kind of try and deal with them. But that's kind of the idea there. I, I will say one of the reasons this became an 11 or 12 or list, it wasn't the idea behind it wasn't originally, um, but it was because, you know, I wanted to put it, I knew I wanted to try and get in the Andromeda, the Cuervo, and the Razor, to have some solid chances to breaking that AC2. Um, and all three of those guys are very expensive. They're all, <laughs> you know, you know, they range from low to high 30s, and um, that eats up points quickly. And, yeah. and uh, especially for O12, which isn't the cheapest. Now, I could have made this a... 14 or 15 order list but then i'd lose out what i'd end up needing to compromise on is uh the omega and possibly also the alpha as the lieutenant right so i need to take a cheaper lieutenant like cho which means i'm probably not using my lieutenant order and it would mean i probably don't have one of the big guns o12 has like an omega or a gamma um which i think overall ends up being uh, worse, especially for a mission like looting and sabotage, where it's not a particularly order-intensive mission in my mind. You have you have to have some guys sitting around to defend, and you have to get a couple guys across the board to destroy the thing. Um, especially when you have things like Andromeda and Cuervo doing that, or and the Razor, that's not a particularly expensive prospect order-wise. All the guys either start past half or dropping in. Um, right. So in that case, the ability to try and actually punch and survive ends up being more valuable than having those extra orders. Oh, absolutely. Like, so unmasking is a good, like, opposite to look at because actually completing the objective of unmasking is going to take you a lot of orders. Mm -hmm. Whereas with looting and sabotaging, Walking across the table and punching something is really easy. So what's wasting your orders is everything your opponent is doing to defend. Exactly. So if you can efficiently deal with that, you don't need 15 to 17 orders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's missions like unmasking, um, possibly even like supplies, anything that involves a lot of button pushing, having to be across the board, you know, something, even something like... 
uh, mind wipe can be quite order intensive if you're going for high points and actually trying to destroy the 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 console with the AI. Uh, but whereas things like Frontline or Firefight, where you don't necessarily, you know, having more orders is always nice, but you don't necessarily need them if the orders you're using are more efficient. Right. So um, I guess there's not too much more to say about that list. So why don't we move on to your second list, uh, which is uh, what you classified as a crumple zone list. So this is a list where the second group is there to die. Yes. So this list, and we'll see why, this list consists of the Dallying Lieutenant plus one order, mm -hmm. uh, but then instead of messing around with the Moang, we just have the Hack Tau NCO. Gross. And then we got the same two Guilong, and then that Celestial Guard Hacker. We've got a uh, Weibing, that's the sensor bot, the 15-point mm -hmm. forward observer guy. A Ludwan, which is the hollow-projecting Mark 12 heavy flamethrower bot. And, and deployable repeater. And deployable repeater. A Krakot with double chain rifle, because it's great. A Canren killer hacker. And Major Luna. Now that's the first combat group. The second combat group is two Longya mine layers. Very nice. Now, what I find with Huching is that Yes, the Longya do have the plus one burst on their Panzerfaust and Flammenspears, but similar to what you were saying earlier, that's an opportunity shot that you take when it's there, or at least mm -hmm. that I take when it's there, rather than spending a whole bunch of orders to set it up. Mm -hmm. So by putting them in group two on their own, I'm not really depriving them of orders well, also, ideally, these are the first two models in my list to die. Mm -hmm. So you can, if you kill those two on your first turn, and that's all you do, great. I have 12 orders to just go kill you with a hack towel. Yeah. All right, and I think that's, I think that's good. I, the long year is particularly nice, too, because you're, if your opponent knows what it is, they have to respect the... Panzerfaust and Flammenspear, so it means they can't. They need to make sure not to bunch their fire teams. And if they don't know what a Longya is and don't know that it has the Flammenspear, then you know. And because you're thinking of it as a sacrificial piece, it's a lot easier to say, "Okay, cool. Uh, that's your fire team leader. I'll shoot that other guy instead with the Flammenspear," um, which was a nice change they got. And I guess looking at this. And with a, most players, or a lot of people playing around 14, 15 guys, in your deployment, when you de deploy, if you're going second, and before they've seen what your order pools look like, um, it looks like you have four guys in group two. Now, they might assume those are probably mine-laid mines from Longya, but at the same time, I, I know I will fairly regularly not take mine layer long yeah um if i'm running low on swc so sure. it, it it adds another question to their head of is that a minor is it a guy at least into your order step right and especially like the hack is not on the table 
a bunch of group one is under camo tokens. Or maybe not a bunch. It's just the Guilong and the Taoying and Loon. Okay, so a fair amount of group one is under camo tokens. It's tough to estimate for the opponent to estimate what I have. Yep. And and the Lu Duan could just, you know, especially if you're going second, could just be hiding as a single Evo bot or single baggage bot at the back of the table or somewhere sure. on the table, right? And then in your opponent's and state phase, then you jump into the three Lu Duan hollows. Right. And I really like the Evo bot because it kind of at that point bluffs an AD troop. Exactly. Um, I, I'm a big fan. This is a bit of a side tangent. I'm a big fan of hiding Lu Duans as Evo bots. Um, I, I especially like putting them as Evo bots in a position where if my opponent had a, a paratrooper or a drop troop, they could walk on and then, then and it would be defenseless in the next order. They could just kill it. Um, because it's a lot of fun when the opponent's like, Oh, cool. Defenseless Evo bot might as well kill it. Cause that's going to be useful. And then also stripping orders. They walk on near it thinking, cool, what are you going to do? You can only try and maybe dodge away from me uh, to only be greeted by a heavy flamethrower. So, yeah. yeah. Hiding Ludwans as Evobots is nice. Um, <laughs> the only thing that I, I wish was in this list was some smoke um, because Major Luna with smoke is very scary, but... Yes. It's, um, that's... It's, it's a nice I list. think... I think that's we're gonna run into that with the next list too. That's one thing with Yu Jing is all Yu Jing smoke comes on very cheap platforms. Mm. So because unless, you, unless you're gonna throw in a you know, like you talked about, a cheap monk in group two whose only job is to spend one order to throw smoke for major luna like the classic jaguar cheerleader type of thing right yeah the run a monk similar to a jaguar perfect i would absolutely do that if the list points worked out that way that seems great mm -hmm. okay yeah so i see i think this is pretty much as straightforward and clear of an example of what we were talking about with the crumple zone right it's Here's a solid single combat group army. Oh, also, here's two long yas. Your opponent has to deal with them. They have to respect them. And they'll probably take an order or so. The camo state's nice because, you know, you just be patient with them. Don't reveal to shoot. Make your opponent spend that second order to discover and shoot them. Um, and and just, then that's minimum four orders they just spent. Yep. Minimum. Mm-hmm. No, it's... And, and realistically, Long Yaws are fantastic. Uh, even if they run out of... Those occasional times they run out of their Panzerhost and Flamish Spears. Now you have a guy that, you know, runs up and places another AP mine or runs up and goes or goes into suppression fire with the SMG. So, no, I, I like this list. And NCO Hacked uh -huh. House with 12... And a hacked out with 12 orders behind it is not something that really anyone wants to deal with. No, and here's one example where I think it can feel like these lists have more orders than a 15-order list. Because unless you're doing a 10-5 split, your hacked out isn't going to have 
12 orders. Mm-hmm. If you're going for what is seemingly like, more common, that nine, the nine, six of the eight, seven lists. Right. Then your hack all of a sudden doesn't, well, in a perfect world only has 10 or 11 orders, but also once you start losing models, that starts dropping quickly. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So I guess the final list type we were talking about is, uh, I guess you said support. So this is um, the second group. I guess kind of my list was a hybrid of this and the hidden second group approach. Uh, so this is the support. So having a kind of like an Evo or right. just guys that are there to buff in right. the second group. Right. Which before we get into that, um, I think you just highlighted a very good point with your list. And and that's just, you can mix and match these, right? Mm-hmm. You can have a sapper sniper and a hidden deployment model in exactly. your second group. And, and uh, some, sometimes that's, uh, it can allow there to be more mind games, right? Once, once you're not going around that 14, 15 orders, even once you're at like 11 and not at 10, a lot of people will start being like, oh, now I have no idea. You lose that comfortability that you get in N4 where it's like, okay, cool. I see 15 guys. You don't have hidden troops. Or you have 14 guys. I see a gap. Okay, there's probably a hidden or a drop troop, right? Uh, but when you're at the 11 or 12, it's like, do you have two? Do you have three? Uh, do you right. have one big guy? So um, having one visible thing in the second group, like an Evo, it can make your opponent feel like it's like, okay, no, they just they had points for the Evo. They figured it's just going to sit in the second group. For sure. So, um, but yeah. So why don't, why don't you walk us through this third list? Uh, which right. quickly looking at it, there's no Daoying lieutenant. So that's going to be that's different. That's going to be interesting. So this is a remote heavy list. Uh, though it does do interesting and different lieutenant things. So it starts with two long, yeah. Uh, they're not mine layers because I didn't have the points. And then there's a Ruishi, mm-hmm. a Song, that's the TR bot, mm-hmm. the Guilong Forward Observer Guilong mine layer that all these lists have had. And then mm-hmm. the Lieutenant is a Daoface Spitfire. Very nice. Backing that up is a Pheasant Red Fury with Tactical Awareness. And for those of you who are not familiar, that model also has chain of command. Yes, a, a nice change they got in N4 mm-hmm. was every mm-hmm. single one of them got chain of command. And then there's a Weibing, again, that's the sensor bot. Mm-hmm. And then a Haidao Engineer with two Yao Zhao. Okay. So and the then hi- group two. So the Haidao oh, being the Haidao being a more durable engineer having the MWI and the Armor 3. A decent combat specialist, but attached to Yao Zhao, so I can throw one behind the Rushi, one behind the TR bot. Mm-hmm. And then group two, the support pieces, we have an Evo hacker and a Rem Racer for plus one BS that's a hacker. Okay, very nice. So, Which, so you have an Evo and a Rem Racer to buff the Rushi and the TR bot. You just need correct. to choose which goes on which. Correct. But the Evo hacker I can change over the course of the game. 
Yes. The Rem Racer, you can't. Now, this list also, because it, it doesn't have a killer hacker, mm-hmm. though the Rishi is BTS-6, I believe. Yes, Yujing remotes are BTS. Yujing attack remotes have no armor but BTS of high, whereas Panel the, ones are arm one BTS three. The other thing the Evo hacker can do, because you can fairy dust for remotes, can't you? That is one of the options. It's remotes, tags, or heavy infantry. So if what I have to worry about is my Ruishi getting hacked, well, my Evo hacker can just make it BTS nine. BGS nine and minus one to or minus and three to minus three, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and I kind of like the flexibility. You know, if you're going up against, right. if you're going up against something, you know, a lot of camo, you know, then that extra ballistic seal on the Rushi is going to be more important because you're probably going to need to use it more. But if you just need your TR bot to be more of a a pain in your opponent's side, you put it on that. Um, right. And, you know, the Evo is in that second group. It's it's kind of nice that it has two orders. The Rim Racer is probably not doing much other than hiding no. back and maybe spotlighting. But it means that, uh, that means in an order, in one turn, you can switch which of those two remotes has the hacking support. Right. Because the Rushi, even if it runs off, has a built-in repeater. Correct. Now, and the... TR bot does not, but but you place it's... it close to the Evo, right? Or exactly. or I get either close to that, or if your uh, flash uh, your forward observer remote hasn't gone up yet, because I believe right. they I... also have repeaters. Yes, they're also repeaters. Uh, you're right. I would just deploy the TR bot next to the Evo bot. Mm-hmm. Would be the plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's it's solid. It's nice seeing a bunch of remotes. Um, what types of missions would you bring this in? I, I'm I'm noticing not like not the highest number of specialists. I guess there's it's not idea. it's not that low because there's one of the Guilong. Yeah, the pheasant actually once the Dalfe goes down turns into a BS12 Red Fury that's a specialist with two free orders every turn. That's a good point. Yeah, I, I, I was I was quickly looking at the list, and because Chain of Command's not listed on the uh, just the army list, I, I forgot I had forgotten already. Yeah, it's I, a... so and then there's the sensor bot is a specialist, mm-hmm. and then the engineer, and then the rem racer. I guess if you really needed it to, you could move it into group one and use it as a specialist. Yeah, so that's a... five out of twelve. Yeah, that's pretty good. One starts in the middle. One has extra orders. Um, and one's just fast. Yeah, one's just one's just fast. But yeah, I think you're solid. right. This is this is mostly this is a better list for a more kill heavy mission where maybe button pushing is more of a side thing, or even is it safe area where just where you just need specialists. On sit. places at the end of the game? Yeah, that'd be safer. Yeah, I think it is. and Or maybe just one where you don't need to be constantly pushing buttons, or maybe where you don't need to go as far to press buttons. So even something like supplies, where there's no buttons past the midfield. Sure. 
Um, but you can still grab with a Guelong and run back or shoot the sensor bot forward to grab one and pull it back. Yeah, yeah, you you, you grab one with the Guelong, run back, and then wait for your opponent to try and grab one and then hunt it down with the Dao Fei, who's already sitting up in the midfield. Right. Uh, then, you know, maybe late game, have the pheasant. Oh, yeah, cause, oh. sorry, the high, yeah, you have the high Dao who's durable. Pheasant's pretty strong. No. Yeah, there actually is. There's actually, there's a lot of, actually, it's, it's more, because the Evo is also technically a specialist yes, as well. Yes, but I'm probably not. No, doing any right if, like if, it's you're one of those, right. if, if your evo is. is doing it if your evo is pressing buttons um you're probably in a rough place or as you said you're playing safe area and you put, put it in a position where you could just carefully safely move it up and just have it lying down beside the console right uh, yeah so I th again i think this is very you know, mine had a bit of that support character that we were talking about, but this list is very much, you know, that second group is purely there to support the list. It's, you know, it is, it's, it's supporting it by giving it the Rem Rafer Razor buff, and it's supporting it by throwing out the Fairy Dust or the Evo uh, or the Marksmanship or whatever program you need. I wouldn't even say support. The Rem Racer is, or I wouldn't even say pure support. The Rem Racer is also one of my main ARO pieces through yeah. that Guilong's repeater or the Ruishi or the sensor bot. Fair enough. Yes. Cause uh, spot, you can just be spotlighting or oblivioning or what if it was heavy infantry. So yeah, I guess that is uh hacking is a very different game, this edition. And uh, you, one thing, guess, if you look back, all of my lists, all of the lists we talked about had just a regular hacker in the backfield. Yes. And I think that's a very good thing to take an N4 in any list. If you have repeaters in the middle of the table. Now, I like am interested why you, that you didn't ever take what, for me, one of the best vanilla hackers for that is actually a Yujing one, uh, which is the Zhan oh, Yang. Zhan Yang, yep. Uh, um, for the Sixth Sense, right? Ex exactly. It's it's for the, uh, the Sixth Sense and you know decent bts as well but like yeah very much that sixth sense because that's something vanilla can sometimes fail in the hacking game is you know you have those jsa or uh, even some of the o12 hi that has stealth that uh, just sneaks past your sure. repeater web there are there are a few things there are a few reasons first of all the celestial guard is whip 14 and bts 3 and cheap. And and th that was the other one, and it's cheaper. Yeah. So the other thing with Sixth Sense is very often where that hacker gets really scary is if is when the opponent isn't saying, okay, I'm going to move forward and reset or move, move just past you. Really, when they're most afraid of that hacker is when they're is when they need to move to engage one of my pieces and they're in repeater range. Mm. And in that situation, the sixth sense doesn't matter because they're shooting me. And then they break it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So in that situation, the whip 14 ends up being more relevant. Mm -hmm. So I, I do like the Zhanyang, but the main thing I see about the Zhanyang is that I feel it's better 
as a piece to actually be pushing forward into the middle of the table. Okay. Just because it's a better piece to have in the middle of the table with higher BS, bioimmunity, a template, things like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas even with Sixth Sense, as a hacker, the Celestial Guard is arguably better because Not it does have Sixth Sense, but it does have the whip, but for significantly cheaper. Yeah, as line infantry hackers go, it's pretty up there. Um, so I think I think we've really covered most of, uh, you know, I think we've got a good idea of what an 11 to 12 order list looks like, what the strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, before, as we wrap things up, do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share about these uh, types of lists? Any final thoughts? Um, I think, again, it relates back to a lot of what we were talking about, where... We're seeing a lot of 15-order lists, and I think a big part of that comes actually from the 15-order cap, where Mm -hmm. it kind of feels like it gave a lot of people the impression that 15-orders are a resource to be filled, similar to points or SWC, Mm -hmm. and I think it's just in general worth playing around with not doing that. I, I get that a lot i i've fallen into that trap myself a number of times where where in n3 i might have just gone at like 13 orders or something or 12 orders then suddenly it's like oh wait no i have to spend that fit it's like getting to the 300 points in 6swc right. um it, i and, say and people completely... i do it all the time too yeah <laughs> and i think the the big message of tonight is you can leave leave some or some some slots on the table you don't need to spend all 15 you know you don't need to spend all six swc you should probably get really close to 300 points but if you have an extra point on the table it's not a big deal Um, and sometimes depending on what you're doing it can be you know just as if not more effective but if you have three points on the table just take a work or exactly if you have three points on the table take a work or um so thanks for joining us. Do you have any shout outs that you'd like to make um, as we're signing off? I don't think I do. Well, I'll, um, just, I'll, I'll just give I'll a quick, let you do it. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick shout out. I, we already gave a shout out to uh, Rob Cantrell's uh, videos. If you want to check out uh, the battle reports that we talked about earlier in the game, you can find uh, Kyle's game somewhere up on rob's youtube or you can check out my youtube obiscus uh hobby and gaming for my recent battle with that looting and sabotage list that we discussed and uh also obvious as as usual you know if, you, if you're interested in getting into the game on trying it out on tts check out the infinity global league there's plenty of people there looking to help uh people start and get into it so thanks for coming on today, Kyle, and chatting with me about right. 11 and 12 order lists. I think it's I think it's an area that not enough people examine, and hopefully this makes them do that. All right, I agree. All right, thanks for having me. Thank you. Uh, this has been the Whip 12 Podcast. Uh, good night. Mm-hmm.